Welcome to Film to Screen, where Katie and Astrid only talk about movies, TV shows, and anything we're currently obsessed with. And today, we're talking about episode 8 of Andor. So, this episode was titled Narkina 5 because Cassian is now imprisoned on the planet Narkina 5, which is interesting because on... In the prison, he's at table five on Narkina five. You don't even want to talk about that cameo? Oh, yeah. I saw the, like, without context, without spoilers, spoilers without context thing. I was like, Snoke? And then I, I heard the voice. I'm like, that can't be who I think it is. No, And then I saw the face. I was like, I literally almost screamed and swore because I was like, what? What? So obviously we're talking about Andy Circus, but I did not. At, I thought it was Andy Circus at first, but I was like, no, no, I'm just, I'm playing with myself. It's not Andy Circus. It's just me being dumb. No, it is Andy Circus. He's like the manager of like that one floor or something at the prison. I'm like, welcome back to Star Wars, because obviously he played. Snoke. People may not even know that he played Snoke, though. Yeah. Because I remember... So the first time I saw Andy Serkis's, like face like acting, I did not know that was Andy Serkis until, like, years later. Because mm-hmm. he's mostly known for doing, like, motion capture stuff. Yeah. Particularly Caesar from the most recent Planet of the Apes trilogy. Yeah. He also played what? What's that character's um, name in Lord of the Rings? Why do I feel like it's Gollum? Gollum. I don't know, but but I that could be completely it's the one wrong. that thinks the ring is so precious. Yes. Yeah. So uh, Andy Serkis makes an appearance, and I was like, tying this into the sequel happening? trilogy somehow. I guess so. <laughs> I'm surprised that never came out that Andy Serkis was in it. I know. Like, it wasn't, like, announced anywhere. Like, no news outlets. Yeah. So that must have been very secret. Yeah. Obviously, because I was questioning myself during the episode. So, yeah, Cassian gets transported to this prison, Arnarkina 5, and it's literally just a labor camp. Like, they're just working. They're working 12-hour shifts, 12-hour shifts. I cannot talk today every day and it looks like they're building very heavy machinery i don't i'm guessing for the empire yeah. i don't know what they're building imagine if they're building stuff for the death star yeah that would be interesting because <laughs> at that it's at the end of revenge we slightly see it being like built yeah but then, obviously, it's not built yet fully until yeah. Rogue One. Because in they Rogue use One, it for the first time. in Rogue One, I think is when they showed the 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 disc gets put in in Rogue One. If I'm correct or not, because that's the first I time think, they use yeah, it. Yeah, I think yes, yes, yes. You're correct. Um, because we get like a shot of the Death Star with the disc going in. So yeah, so imagine it. It could be stuff for the Death Star. But obviously, we don't know what they're building. But it's literally just a competition every day. And one of the prisoners says that 
the losing table gets fried, like electrified, because none of the prisoners are wearing shoes. Like when they're getting transported to the prison, they have to take off their shoes Um, because there's like, I forget, it's like a type of steel or something they said. And thinking back to my physics days, I think electricity runs through metal and steel very quickly, I believe, if I can remember back. And so they use electricity to punish the prisoners if they do anything wrong or if they're the losing table. So it gives them a purpose to work faster and more efficiently. Mm-hmm. And the winning table, so in their little like cubbies where they sleep and whatever, uh, they have food like throughout like how ever much you want because uh, the empire likes them to be well fed and rested so that they can keep building kind of crazy it's like they're hamsters and the winning table gets flavor in their food because apparently their normal food has no taste to it so it's kind of crazy um and this really reminded me of like dystopian movies and stuff yeah i think that's that does yeah especially with the food because that kind of reminds me of Snowpiercer, because I think in the in that movie they make a comment about how like the whatever the food thing they get to eat, it's like supposed to be like tasteless and stuff. Huh, interesting. See, I've never I haven't seen that in a while, so I could be wrong, but that just you know more than me. So, so that's just kind of crazy to think about because we've never seen anything like this before, and. I was scrolling Reddit after the episode and someone on Reddit called it a uh, space Amazon because <laughs> it literally looked like a factory with workers, you know, building stuff, you know, like an Amazon factory. Yeah. It was like that kind of, uh, although, you know, clearly Amazon isn't punishing their workers if they're not being totally efficient. So that's a clear difference, but yeah, it's kind of crazy, and we've never seen anything like this in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of cool to see, like, this part of how the Empire punishes individuals in the galaxy. And when they're about to go to bed for the first night that Cassian's there, he learns that all these prisoners are upset about the rebel attack on the Aldani garrison because it increased a ton of their... Um, imprisonments like doubled or tripled their time there so they are upset and frustrated about that and so obviously Cassian doesn't want to say that he was a part of it but you know that's not the reason why he's in the prison he's in the prison for no reason but you know it's like his attack on his um what's the word I'm looking for like his part of being a part of the attack on the garrison finally caught up to him, where although he didn't get punished for the attack, he still got punished in the end. There's currently a dog barking outside my window. I know, I hear her. So I had to mute it for a second. And I gotta say, you know, Diego, no, Diego Luna's acting, and like when he first gets to the prison, is insane. Because he doesn't outright say, oh, I'm frightened, I'm scared and everything. 
but through his eyes, you can see how scared Cassian is at being at this prison. Mm-hmm. Like, just through his eyes. Oh, it's great acting. Like, I felt that fear from him. Yeah, I think, tip, like, one way you can tell emotion in people's faces is the eyes. Because I remember... I mean, think, you the soul is through the eyes. So. Yeah, thinking about it, like, Moon Knight with Oscar Isaac, there's one scene where he essentially switches between two different characters, essentially, to say it. And you can really tell, like, when the switch happens is because of, like, like the eyes and, like, the eyebrows, like, around there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Going back to Moon Knight, yeah. Um, but it was also kind of cool, like, it was crazy because they were cutting, like, scenes between the prison and Mon Mothma's party. So you could literally see it's, like, a 180 flip. Yeah. Also, so... A few things I look at when I'm, like, watching stuff is, like, like how they, like, kind of make, like, how, like, in, you can easily distinguish stuff. So, it's, like, like the sets so or, like, the costumes. And the costumes are really good. Like, they're really well done, I think, so far. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the set, too. No, yeah, because I think m- most of it, like... Outside the windows, maybe it was the volume, but I think most of it is actual sets. Like, they yep. built it. Because I remember there was a behind-the-scenes thing. I'm not sure when it was released, but you could tell Diego Luna was on, like, an actual set. Like, a giant set type of thing. Mm-hmm. So, they yeah. actually built real sets and went to real places and, like, that to film. And I think that's Compared the way to they other shows. Should- Yep, I think that's the way they should go. Like, yeah, I know they love the volume, but I feel like if you over overuse it, mm-hmm. you can clearly tell that it's the volume. Like, do do it like where you have the actual set, but if you need stuff from out, like 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 a cityscape outside a window, then do it like that. Yeah, which I'm. I think that's what they're using for like Mon Mothma's place. They're yeah. using the volume outside of the windows. But yeah, they cut scenes between the prison and Mon Mothma's party, which is kind of crazy because it's a 180 flip from like one story in the galaxy to another story in the galaxy where a lot of people are getting punished by the Empire and just having all these tragedies while Mon Mothma's on the other side and her family and they're just living in luxury. Mm-hmm. Which I need to talk about. I think Perrin is a spy and he's spying on Mon Mothma. And people were saying like, you know how her daughter, Lita, I think that's how you say it. She came over to like talk to her mom, Mon. And it seemed like she was like trying to get her attention. And I'm wondering like, does her daughter know that Perrin is a spy or something? Like there's something going on. And... Lita is getting kind of a presence in this show, so I feel like she's going to have an effect on something here, or she's going to have her own story. I don't know what's going on with this, but it, it was just something I wanted to bring up and mention because it was kind of, kind of, kind of weird at that party. Any thoughts on that? No, that is actually interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. But I can I can see where Perrin would be a spy. He seems kind of spyish. 
This is the best words I can come up with. Um, so then on Ferrix, uh, Marva is falling ill. Like, she is not doing well. And so Bix wants to contact Luthen about, like, hey, where's Cassian? Because Marva's not doing so well. And, you know, Cassian should be here. Or at least tell him about what's happening. But Luthen doesn't know where Cassian is because he has Vel searching for Cassian to kill him. Um, and all of a sudden, Cinta's there on Ferrix as well. So Vel and Cinta are on Ferrix. I'm like, how did Cinta get off Eldani? We don't know how that happened. She just all of a sudden showed up. No, yeah, I was like... Okay, I was like, they, Cinta. They still are here? Uh... This is interesting. Uh-huh. And it was kind of interesting because Cinta brought up, like, something. And it seemed like it frustrated Val. So Cinta, like, brought up, like, someone running away from a wealthy family whatnot. And it seemed like it affected Val from what she said. So I'm wondering if that's what Val said, did in the past. Like, she ran away from her wealthy family. I'm wondering. Like, there's something going on, like, no, mm-hmm. we don't know yet. Yeah, there's a lot of things going on that we don't quite know what's happening. Like, with Mon Mothma's family, Val, how was Cassian going to get out of this prison? Although, so, you know how they're lining up, like, in the tubes? Mm-hmm. This is so dystopian. And one of the prisoners ahead of Cassian is, like, signing to another prisoner in a different tube like far away so they can talk they can communicate by through sign language and could they be like trying to make an escape plan or something like trying to coordinate something yeah yeah so i'm wondering if like all these prisoners are going to try to escape which i don't know how they're going to how that's going to happen because we see that on Narkina 5, they're surrounded by water. So yeah, I don't the, know. The prison's like in water, but there's land nearby, I think, is what yeah. I saw. Just, <laughs> now I'm thinking about catching fire, like in the arena. Oh, yeah. You're going to have to swim. Um, coming back to dystopian novels. Um, yeah, so I'm wondering, like, are they trying to plan as an escape? Well, when it like panned out to all the different tubes, I'm like, oh my God. This is just insane. And also on Ferrix, there's some Imperial officers that have learned about this communication between Luthen and Bix. Not to necessarily to Luthen, but to Coruscant. And so they capture Bix to question her, like, what is this about? Like, why are you contacting Coruscant? And this is where, oh, what's the character's name? The officer. The lady officer. I, her last name is Miro, but anyway. Um, she starts to question Bix, and we don't know what's going to happen about that. Because that's pretty much where the episode ends, so it makes you want to come back. Yeah, obviously. I mean, but before that, uh, Luthen goes somewhere. He travels. And I'm like, where are you going? Where are you going, Luthen? So he travels, um, did it say what planet he went to? I can't remember. I don't know. I don't know. But he he goes to a planet, okay, in the galaxy. And as soon as I saw the first, like, alien pop up, I'm like, oh, it's going to be Saw Gerrera. I knew it. 
I knew it. And of course it is. It is Don Guerrero. Um, I was like, oh, finally. I mean, we knew he was going to show up in season one from promo and whatnot. But it finally happened. And Forrest Whitaker, he's just great in this role. He's he's perfect. Any thoughts on Saw? No, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's kind of cool to see the character because it does give another like connection to the Rogue One movie. Yeah. I mean, he also shows up in Clone Wars, so. No, but like this, because like, it's kind of like, this is all leading up to the Rogue One movie, I'm assuming. So it's kind mm-hmm. of good to have like another direct connection to the movie. And I'm wondering, is Saw and Cassian going to meet before Rogue One? Because it's yeah. never mentioned anywhere if they like know of each other during Rogue One. So they could possibly meet, maybe not in season one, but in season two, they could meet, Yeah, you know, which would be really interesting because, you know, he's going to be working with Jin. <laughs> I almost forgot her name. Jin and Rogue One. And obviously she was raised by Saw, basically, after her mom was killed and her dad was captured. And at this moment, Jin is somewhere in the galaxy doing i don't even know what also so speaking of rogue one this is one of the first things i saw from the episode before seeing it there is actually a second character from rogue one that just oh feels... yeah isn't it like melshi or something yeah because it's like it seems like melshi and andor kind of give a little nod to each other mm-hmm. it's what i know is like so they it seems like they know each other at this point so for some reason I could see, like, they meet at this prison camp because he's imprisoned there as well. And, like, if the prisoners try to escape, like, maybe Melshi will come along with Cassian or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, We'll see about that. We'll see if they even try to escape. Because I'm like, well, obviously, so Cassian's sentence was for six years. Obviously, he will be dead in about five. But... So, obviously, he has to get out somehow. But it was also, like, we had a time jump because he had 30 shifts later. So, that's 30 days. So, there was kind of a time jump in this episode. Because it didn't seem like there was much time in between, like, events before. But now it seems like there was a day or a month time jump. Because the first season is, like, one year. And then the rest... And season two, it will, like, go leading up to Rogue One. So, like, reading this episode, I can't really rate any Andor episodes, really, though, because they're just so good and so fascinating to watch. Like, my eyes are glued to the TV the entire episode. And I also love how long the episodes are. Ooh, it's so good. We are getting fed as Star Wars fans. So, with that in mind... I would rate this episode an 8.5 out of 10, mainly because of the scenes in the prison and Cassian's fear and Diego Luna's acting with that. Just so good. It was so good. How about you? I don't, like, for the exact rating, I don't know, but, like, one thing I, like, kind of thought about with the show is that it, so compared to, like, Obi-Wan, because I've 
seen some people say like, in, like, Shining for God Award this. They didn't, didn't think Ander like should should have been a show or whatever. And it's like this. I'm sorry. It's so. so I'm getting. I'm getting. Okay. So to compare it to uh, a little bit to Obi Wan. Obi Wan felt so between both shows. Obi Wan felt more like it was fan service compared to yes. Andor. So it's like, yeah, you may not like Andor, but so yeah, it it just doesn't feel like they're being like tied down to like. You have to hit these certain marks or points to like pe- mm-hmm. appease the fans and stuff. It doesn't seem like they're trying to appease the fans. No, and I think that's why Andor is one of the best Star Wars shows at the moment because it is they're the not appealing. Only Star Wars show at the moment, I think. Well, like, like in general, you know, yeah. like you know, like out of all of them, because we don't know like how the other ones will be in the future. But I think because it's not relying on fan service. It's it can take more time fleshing out the story mm-hmm. and the characters because you're not like, yeah. hey, we need to put this character in because of this to appeal to the fans. Yeah. The diehard fans, which like, yeah, Saul Guerrero is now back in Star Wars here, but it makes sense for the story. Yeah. It's not just to have, oh, you remember this character? Let's put him in. Yeah, that. So speaking of another another Star Wars show, so when Mando popped up in the Book of Boba Fett, it felt kind of odd and unnecessary because mm-hmm. it's like like they just plopped the character in. It's like, isn't the show supposed to be about Boba Fett, not Den Djarin? Yeah, this is Boba's show, not the Mando show. Yeah, yeah. So, and it just makes me sad because this show isn't getting. The number of viewers as the other Star Wars shows. And Which like, goes back to the point like, oh, it's fan service because people weren't like necessarily wanting the show, but they wanted like other shows. Yeah. Well, I mean, before the show like started, it's like, why do we need a Cassian show? We already know where his story is, where it lies. Yeah. But clearly there's so much more to the story that we need needed and need to see yeah because like like what happened like this it could like hint that stuff from the original trilogy like in a new hope and stuff like they could give more context to stuff that that we've already seen that would help and like that there's a reason why they're doing this Mm -hmm. so and you know, once the show is over, like after season two, I think it'll just make Rogue One that much more powerful as a Star Wars movie. And yeah, like to go back to Rogue One, essentially they made the entire Rogue One movie off of one line from the opening scroll. Which is crazy. Yeah. And it's one of my favorite Star Wars movies. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And I almost got into a an argument with someone who said the prequels were better than Rogue One. I'm like, did you see Rogue One? And have you seen the prequels? But I like the prequels. I'm, I would get it if you, if the person meant like, oh, I prefer the prequels over Rogue One, but it's like, yeah. Rogue One is just a better film. Like, like that applies to many things. It's like, 
oh, you can say like your favorite, your like your fa- favorite like DC movie is like Batman versus Superman, but there's probably a like just better film like like how it was made compared to that one but you can still have your favorite one compared to what the consensus consensus best one is yeah yeah and yeah, that yeah. that's also just in general like the the movie that's kind of consensusly considered the best movie of all time will never be everyone's favorite movie so yeah like that. yeah because obviously you know Revenge of the Sith is my favorite Star Wars movie. But I think Rogue One is better. Yeah. As a film overall. Like, but it I, is my second favorite. Yeah, it's like I like like one of my favorite Star Wars movies is Force Awakens because of Kylo Ren. Yeah, but then I, I still I still I would probably think that Empire is is still better than uh better than Force Awakens. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was our episode on episode eight of Andor. We're literally over halfway done with this season one. That's crazy to think about. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, make sure to subscribe and rate and review the podcast. It greatly helps us and we would really appreciate it. So if you could take just a couple of minutes to do so, we would love you so much for that. You can find us on basically all social media platforms as Film to Screen. And until next time, see you at the movies or watching episode 9 of Andor. (laughs) Let me redo that. And until next time, see you at the movies or watching episode 9 of Andor. Andor.